Paycom has something to say about payroll. When it isn't right, a lot can go wrong. And it's the employee who ends up suffering the most. After all, their livelihood depends on an accurate paycheck every time. And when they don't get that, they're placed in a tight financial spot, leading to insufficient funds, overdraft fees, missed payments, and other nightmares. Not to mention a lack of confidence and trust in their employer. With Betty, new from Paycom, employees do their own payroll. That means they gain full visibility into their paychecks and can resolve any issues and approve their checks before payroll is processed instead of after for greater accuracy and peace of mind. And best of all, they get a perfect paycheck every time. The future of payroll is here. Learn more at paycom.com slash Betty. That's paycom.com slash B-E-T-I. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome to Seek Reality with your host, Roberta Grimes. Author and attorney Roberta Grimes will explore and illustrate how she, after an extraordinary experience of light in childhood, has discovered channels of communication to the afterlife and how these implications have an effect on our everyday lives. Please welcome the host of Seek Reality, Roberta Grimes. Everyone, welcome to Seek Reality. I'm so glad you're with us. I'm Roberta Grimes, and I'm especially delighted with our guest today. You're going to have fun with this. One of the things that we afterlife researchers are being told by our own spirit guides that it's time for us to begin to mentor our all-important next generation in this work. Because many of us are in our 70s. I know I sound like a you know child, but I am really not at this point. And while things are moving quickly in our field, we know that a lot of us are going to be watching the truth dawn on the world from the bleacher seats. We don't mind that. That's going to be a lot of fun. But... We need to have a, a sterling young group of extraordinary experts available then to enlighten seekers and to dispel confusion as the world comes into the light. How do we think the truth is going to dawn with such force that it will be impossible for scientists and religionists to deny it? Well, those that we used to think were dead are working now in developing electronic communication between here and there that will be so easy to use and so reliable that people will be, you know, chatting with the dead person during his funeral and talking to their children who maybe went ahead of them and bringing up Aunt Mildred from their cell phone app and getting her recipes. They'll be, they'll be, it'll be a natural part of life to be involved with people that we used to think were dead. And the not actually dead people say that day is coming soon. So people like my guests today are very important to us, to those of us working in this field, because they're the ones who are going to be helping the world when this wonderful day comes. Among those that we older researchers are most confident of is this young man. His name is Cyrus Kirkpatrick. He's barely 30, but he has already written a great book called Understanding Life After Death. And yet now he's doing cutting-edge personal research in some of the most promising fields of afterlife investigation. Today he's going to talk with us mainly about out-of-body travel, which I think is something a lot of people don't understand but are interested in. Welcome, Cyrus. I'm thrilled that you're here. Hey, I'm happy to be here, Roberta. How are you doing? I'm thrilled, just delighted, and having a wonderful day. So this is going to be a nice bit of icing on my cake. Please tell people who you are, because many, we, you have been my guest before, but many people I probably didn't hear your details. You're so young. How did you ever get started in doing this? Well, I mean, I think I had an interest from an early age. I may attribute that to an extent to growing up on a ranch. And I had more free time than some kids had, so I had more time to think about complex subjects. And I think you know, growing up in that environment can have an effect like that. But also, I mean, on a more metaphysical level, I suppose you could say it's possibly in my DNA. You know, maybe it's my purpose to uh, talk about these subjects and um, explore it and try to 
uncover some of these mysteries. I don't know. But I've definitely had an interest for a long time. We do know that people plan these things, and and knowing you and knowing your history, I have no doubt this was part of your plan. You 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 came in with this in mind, and you certainly are doing wonderfully with it. Well, I'm I'm doing the best I can. I mean, I certainly have other interests as well, but this has always been in the back of my mind. I mean, starting off when I was a lot younger, when I was 13, 14, I was definitely more of a skeptic. And it evolved over a long period of time. And a lot of it involved looking at the evidence and researching and taking things from a scientific angle. And it didn't, it didn't, I didn't have like a spiritually transformative experience or anything that like set me on the path. It was more like realizing that this is something that is highly relevant to everybody and then noticing how nobody else was thinking about it. Okay, so you had no transformative experience. I had the crutch of that. I knew something. I knew that there was a lot more than we could see, but you didn't. So you were incredibly brave as a skeptic to research all of this because what if you'd found out there was no such thing as life after death? That would have been pretty depressing when you're so young. You were yes, very brave, I th- Cyrus. I think it was the the kind of the fear of thinking, well, maybe there isn't life after death and this is something that I have to uncover so I don't spend the rest of my life wondering if it's there or if it's not there. I remember, because my brother, he's very existential, a very smart guy, but he tends to side more with ideas about like existentialism. And I remember him talking about uh, concepts like quantum immortality, which is that, well, <laughs> you know, if we, you know, if we, um, you know, uh, you know if, if you die, you have no recognition of consciousness of the time you didn't exist, so you must mathematically exist again in some way and i thought this was interesting but it's a very it's a very limited perspective isn't it because it still means that you know you you will die there's no rhyme or reason or purpose it's all just gonna happen spontaneously nobody knows what really happens so on one hand I, i thought it was interesting but i was also disturbed by those ideas and so i wanted to explore further and i began researching like near death experiences and that probably helped set me on my path but as I said, it, it just continued for years. Like you said, I'm 30 now. I mean, really, I think it came to a head maybe in 2014 when I began having my own experiences. I began going out of my body, having these astral experiences, communicating with people who have, who have passed on, and finally going from concept into reality where I get to go from all, these, all this theoretical stuff to having my literal experiences to verify those ideas. So that was the big deal. Well, th- this is going to be exciting to talk about because we I don't think I've had anyone who does OBEs. When we come back... This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, 
affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500 plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at Songs and Stories for Soul. Soldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. We're talking with Cyrus Kirkpatrick, who is only 30, but he's had more experience and done more research in the field of afterlife research than most people do in a lifetime. And one of the great things about Cyrus is he's fearless. He does all kinds of things I certainly would never have the nerve to do. What we're going to talk about with him today primarily is some of his experiments with out-of-body travel. Cyrus, how did you get started doing out-of-body travel? In 2014, I began taking it more seriously and experimenting more with the feelings of coming out of my body. Sometimes it would happen spontaneously where I'd be waking up and I would feel an electrical sensation come across my body. And I knew based on things I read that this was your astral body beginning to disconnect uh, from your physical body. But I was too afraid of it, so I pushed it aside. In 2014, I actually met an out-of-body practitioner and now author, uh, a guy named Kensho. That's not his real name. He's a Buddhist fundamentalist. But I met him here in Los Angeles, still a good friend of mine. Um, He had some remarkable stories, I think, much more remarkable than anything I I could talk about. But I think talking to him and learning about his techniques helped initiate a curiosity that led me to going all the way with it. So as I said, in early 2014, I began having these experiences, which was kind of like when you do anything that's a bit exciting or dangerous. I mean, it's not really dangerous, but, you know, like rock climbing or parachuting, whatever. (laughs) Like the first time it's scary. But then after that, you know, you, you're used to what happens, and so it's no longer something to be frightened of. So, Could I ask you a question, because people are wondering about this. You said your astral body is getting ready to separate from your physical body, and most people don't know what we're talking about. So would you explain that, please? Well, that's what the afterlife is. Um, when you read about like near-death experiences, what happens, they go up out of their bodies in the hospital room, and then they watch things, and then 
you know, a, a portal opens up or, you know, deceased loved ones appear and they have a meeting or they, they meet with their higher self and they, they get, you know, they decide to go back. Well, I mean, that's the same thing. Uh, it's just that we have the ability to go outside of our bodies anyway. You don't have to necessarily be near death to do it. And everybody yeah, has an ability built in. In fact, we, we do it every night and for most of us um, once when our physical bodies sleep. But could, how do you view an astral body? What do you Can you describe to people what their astral body is? The astral body is your existence on a higher density dimension. So that's what the afterlife is. So basically, I mean, we're, life's a big radio station, so we're tuned to one station. And then yes. if, you, if you turn the knob, you know, it doesn't, doesn't mean that, you know, reality has completely shifted. It just means that we've changed frequencies one notch over. And so it has an, the interesting effect of having uh, multiple versions of what our physical reality is, right? So, so it's, a, it's a separate version of, our, of the body we're in right now tuned to a higher frequency. So it's um, kind of like, I use different analogies, it's like on Photoshop, it's like using layers, if anybody here is in their graphic design, you know, you have different layers of the same thing that you can move around. Um, but there's also some more mechanical elements, like we have the silver cord, we have an energetic filament that keeps the astral body and the physical body tied together, right. so that we can maintain uh, a life here, you know, with, the, with all the physical rules that we have. And then when the time is right, that can disconnect, and then we can go on to a higher density dimension that, that we call the afterlife. What, what I tell people is it's like nested Russian dolls, Matryoshka dolls. There mm -hmm. is this this body that is sort of coterminous with probably interior to your physical body, and that travels widely often when we're asleep. It can go to the end of the universe even, and that that silver cord will stretch and stretch. But um, what you're doing is talking about going out of body when you're not having a near-death experience and you're not dying. Instead, you're just going to go, and, and you're not also doing it as a normal part of sleep, but you're awake, right? And yeah. you're just taking a trip. So so how do you initiate that? Well, um, it's, it's kind of married to dream state still, and it's also you can do it organically. So there's a difference, and I'll, I'll explain. And in my opinion, there's two types of out-of-body experiences you can have. The first is having it done organically or from the beginning, I like to say. So you feel yourself disconnecting from your body, and then you push yourself up out of your body, and now you're in your bedroom. And you may see your other body lying on the ground or the ground to bed, or you may not see your your body there because you've already switched into a different dimension. So that's one way. And this happens really, like in my opinion, uh, learn how to keep yourself conscious while you're falling asleep. Because what happens is that the physical body, you know, shuts down, goes to sleep, but the astral body is, you know, it doesn't shut down. So if you can find like that little in-between point, then you'll, you'll, you'll hit just the right spot where you'll find that you have astral consciousness. The thing is, when you're in astral consciousness, it's not any different than how you normally are. So you may not even realize it. I knew I was going out of my I knew I was going out of my body when I found myself waking up and looking around the room, but I could hear myself snoring. And then oh, I, and, and then the uh, the, um, the realization came that, you know, my my eyes were closed. So how come my eyes are open? Because how come I'm looking around the room? That's because I switched to my astral. Um, oh, my astral wow. So that's. Uh, sorry? This seems unusual to me. So, do you think you have unusual gifts in doing this? Because people are listening and going, what? Well, I, my, my, my gift, I think, is my minor background in journalism. My thing is, I want to report accurately and report details. I know so many people who have way more fantastic out of body experiences than I do. All I'm able to do is, I ha I'm, I'm basically clever is what I am. I can write down these experiences <laughs> and I can gather, gather all the details and I can use deductive reasoning to come to conclusions that maybe other people don't. Um, but I will say, you know, I mentioned that one type, but there's a second type. And this has to do with how out-of-body experiences are married in a sense to our dream states. So, so you can think of a layer. So on one layer, we have our consciousness here. But in between that and 
a, a vibrant, happy life in a higher density dimension, we have this thing called the dreamscape. We have our subconsciousness, a kind of, I want to say, a, a non-consensus reality that exists inside of our own minds. And these are dreams. And it's a low state of consciousness. And really, it's a huge hassle because what happens is that you have to get past that whole dream fog to figure out what's happening beyond it, which is oftentimes a parallel astral existence that we have that we can't access. And oh we have goodness. to learn how to get past the dream state, get past the lucid dream state, and find what's really happening in our so-called dreams when we're having real experiences. Wow. So, so you're, you're trying to make sense of this, research it using yourself as your investigative tool and figure out what's, what's really going on, it sounds like. That's what you're doing? Yeah, I would say so. Wow, this is great. Okay, so you're, you're doing that and you're having these experiences. And one of the things that Wendy Zamet said, you've got to talk to him because he, he and Suzanne did some research together and it was amazing. So what did you and Suzanne Wilson do? Well, it's a bit, it's a long, uh, it's a long story. Um, we have to be- start from the beginning, which was last summer, as you know, my my mom passed away. Uh huh. And of course, this was a you know big traumatic thing that happened, and but it was also, you know, it it, it led to some great opportunities because I've been in touch with my mom since she passed, and I've been able. To, she, my mom's very talented at reaching past the dimensions. So at least between me and my father, she's able to, you know, come to us, uh, appear in like the kind of astral sleep state and almost materialize physically. Like she, I, I felt her lying next to me. We've had many conversations. Wow. And, Isn't this so, wonderful? That's wonderful. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, she's she's still around. I mean, um, it's not even, you know, it's not even an issue. I mean, like, I, I, I mean, I, I talked to her about a month ago. I mean, that's, that's yeah, kind of how it is. And the thing is, is that, you know, when you gain these abilities to become conscious of yourself astrally and it's very easy for um so-called spirits or the higher density humans to make contact with you because it's like an open door so it means you don't have to go through a medium you don't have to do you don't have to use a ouija board you don't have to do some kind of channeling you can verbally talk like you and i are talking now and now the thing is is that it it's a bit more telepathic because you find you know you're you're connecting based on thoughts the thing yes. is, it sounds just as loud and crisp as as we're talking. Only if, when you take a moment and realize, hey, my my lips aren't moving, yes. you realize that it's uh, it's telepathic communication. Yes. But again, though, but it's 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 a verbal one on one. So I've now done this with a few people. I've done this, you know, with my mom. I've done this with a couple of kind of uh, I want to call them guides, but uh, curious um, astral residents who have wanted wanted to speak to me who have, you know, come to me that I've, you know, had conversations with and I've done this during astral experiences and in, in various types of realms and settings where I've been able to travel to and interview the people on that side, lit- literally grab them, be like, hey, um, I'm, I'm projecting right now. <laughs> Tell me, you know, nutshell, what's your name? Where are you from? Did you come here? Did, did, were you, you know, did you uh, pass away on Earth? Is that how you came here? Tell me, you know, your background. So I do that a lot when I if I, if I find myself in an astral state, like that's my first priority is to interrogate people. <laughs> this is it's like a whole new not just world but universe that you're exploring, which is very exciting. Now, so so where does Suzanne come in? Okay, sorry. So uh, yeah, that's so okay. to go back to um, when my mom passed away, so. You know, I, I began having these experiences where I was meeting her astrally. So I would um, enter an astral state, and oftentimes I'd be back at the old family ranch. Now, the family ranch house has long been bulldozed, but like a replica of it exists on the parallel astral side. And so I used to go there anyway when I, you know, when I would um, astral travel. Like I would literally wake up in there and like look around and find myself, you know, in my old bedroom. So that, that's a bit of a jarring experience when that happens. Yes. But regard, regards when my mom, when my mom passed away, that's where she went. And I, uh, just like a couple of, maybe like a week after she passed, I met up with her there and you know, she, she had, she wasn't aware yet that she had passed away. And 
I had to, well, I began talking to her and she thought, you know, she didn't know what happened. She thought that maybe she had some kind of amnesia. She's like, well, one minute I'm in the hospital and now I'm back at the old family ranch house. I don't know what's happening. Oh, wow. And I tried to talk to her about this, but I noticed that anytime I wanted to breach the subject and explain that she had died, like I think some kind of higher force came in and intervened because it knew that she was in a psychologically fragile state. And yes. like she had to be, she had to be um, caressed into the reality of what happened. I think in life she was very conflicted about what happens when we die, and I think she had a lot of um, preconceived ideas about like heaven or hell, and none, it wasn't adding up to her. And I think she would have had like a mental crisis if somebody just told her immediately, like, "Hey, you died." So and I'm getting to the Suzanne Wilson part. Don't worry, but it's a it's a long story. Okay, so let, let, let let's do this. We're, we're we're about to take a break, and I'd just like to sum up a couple of things. Um, one thing that we know is that sometimes, often, people don't know that they have died, and they have to be helped to understand it just as gently as as they were getting you to help your mom. So um, th- this is this all rings so true to me, and I think it's exciting. It's a, it's this is a story I've not heard before. When we come back, we're going to ask Ask Cyrus all the questions that you'd like to get the answers to. This is Roberta Grimes on Seek Reality. Please stay with us. We'll we'll be right back. Dreams are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder, Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, starwalkervisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Mnemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today, Know the Name, Know the Person, or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? 
Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Our guest today on Seek Reality is Cyrus Kirkpatrick, who is a 30-year-old prodigy in this field of afterlife studies, and he does things I would never dare to do. So here you are frolicking around, and now you're with your mother, trying to help her understand that she's just gone to the next stage. And how, now, now you're going to tell us the Suzanne story. Suzanne Wilson is the greatest living medium, as far as I'm concerned, and I know she has worked with Cyrus. And uh, let's hear the story. Okay, so... Um, so long story short, kind of to condense some things, like my mom was there, and then she was eventually transferred to, uh, quote, Halls of Healing, which really was a hospital. And uh-huh. she was taken care of by kind of these nurses. That, they look kind of like they're in the 1950s-style outfits. Uh-huh. And I would go there as well and check on her. And my mom, I'm sorry to say she wasn't in perfect mental health, because when she when she passed away, she wasn't at all. And the whole point was to heal her back up to her her full self. But it was a process. And I think, you know, there's many things I've learned in this whole adventure. And one of them is that, you know, it, we don't automatically become perfect and healed of certain uh, psychological problems or uh, mental issues. Some of those things carry on and require the help of other people on that side to help us get better. Now, so, so all that was happening, I was having those experiences. Now, some months before, before my mom passed away, there was a uh, mysterious benefactor named Roberta Grimes who patched me through um, with Suzanne Wilson. <laughs> to, uh, to a, um, I remember that. Okay. To, um, to, but, but Suzanne Wilson is, you know, she's the most booked person I've ever experienced. I, it took like yeah. nine months to... Uh, finally, you know, have my session with her. And so this was after my mom passed, after all this happened, it was now that November. So, so she finally, you know, I, I was visiting in Arizona back in Tucson, where, where my family is, and I got the call from Suzanne. So basically, um, with Suzanne Wilson, she was able to verify all my astral experiences and the, the people I was meeting on that side even before I had told anybody and she was able to verify uh, experiences that my father was having. And I definitely, you know, not a soul knew about that. And then she was able to bring through, of course, lots of family from, from where you are from Texas. And she was able to uh, patch me through to some guides who I had been aware of uh, previously. Uh, actually, they're, they're of an Egyptian nature because apparently I had a past life as an Egyptian priest or something, who would guess? <laughs> But um, <laughs> that's not surprising. But um, right. So so I guess the thing about the Suzanne Wilson experience is that well, I already knew everything that was happening was real. But this it added a whole higher flavor on top of it, because to give you an example, I was visiting my mom and she was in this hospital. She was in this kind of halls of healing place where she was, you know, where her soul was being healed. And, you know, it was kind of like. I mean, it kind of looked like a hospital, but a little bit more old-fashioned, a little bit nicer looking. And there was these really big white rooms. And, you know, the, the patients were kind of uh, sectioned off because what happens on that side, you see the astral side, it's very physical. It's like our world. And this is also something that people don't like to believe or they have a tough time comprehending, but it's true. It's a physical, solid place like our world, but there's some rules which are different. One of those rules is that your thoughts, if they're strong enough, may sometimes manifest physically. So yes. if you really, really, really concentrate on like making a uh, apple appear, you may very well make an apple appear. 
And it, it's kind of a skill set. Like people learn to do this. It's a bit like we see in pop culture, like sorcerers and wizards who can conjure things, right? So it's, in my opinion, it's a little bit like that. So the thing is, is that if somebody isn't in a perfect mental state, they may be creating things around them which are not that pleasant. And so this was happening with my mom. She she passed away, and I think she had a lot of anger and a lot of problems and kind of what we might, what we might call like a dark state of mind, like a negative vibration. And so she was manifesting some of these things around her. And I, without even going into details, it wasn't that pretty. And this is why she had to have a, a team of professionals helping her. Among these professionals was a uh, nurse. I believe her. You know, I believe her name was uh, Miss Connor. So she looked like a 1950s style nurse, and maybe middle middle aged. And she was the one whom I would speak to when I was astrally traveling to this location. And then she'd take me in to see my mom. So I don't really think I shared this. I may have shared some bits of info to my group afterlife topics, but I don't remember. I, so I don't think it was possible to, to have like a hot reading. I know Suzanne Wilson is legit and, you know, she had details no one else could have imagined. Basically, she said like, look, I'm, I see your mom and there's a nurse helping her. Uh, the nurse, her name was Miss Connor. I didn't know that. I, I didn't know this at the time, but this is what Suzanne told me. And she described the nurse. So she described the person whom I had been visiting with in the astral environments. And... So basically, she said that, you know, the nurse is here. She has your mom there also. And it became kind of like um, it became like a conference call, basically. So it was like <laughs> me, it was me, Suzanne, uh, the nurse, and it was my mom. And so at one, point of, at one point, me and Suzanne and the nurse, we were all like lecturing my mom because my mom was saying things about how she, you know, she, she's heavily attached to my father and I'm sorry to say, but my father was rather abusive. I mean, he's, you know, he was devastated when my mom passed away. And he he doesn't have full cognition that he has abusive elements of his personality. But my mom's life was very sheltered, very sequestered. And in a sense, a lot of her issues stemmed from this codependent relationship that she had with my father. So my mom was still like harping about my father and I remember like me and Suzanne and this nurse we were kind of telling her like hey you know it's kind of a cop-out like you have to go and you have to lead your own life now it's time to not worry so much about him I mean he didn't look out for your best interests when you were here and now it's time that you can lead your own life you know, you know we, we were afraid that my mom is going to just hang around my father like until my father passes and not not go off and have her own life so it really was a bit like a conference call. And we were trying to get through to my mom and explain to her that she needs to live her own life again. And yes. so this was, of course, a big deal to me because, I mean, I mean, yes, with the astral experiences, I'd already spoken to my mom. But, like, this was even better because I was, like, I was talking to her with these professionals and I, I had this direct line of communication. So I, you know, I, so I would just great. like to point out how extraordinary this is. So many things we're learning from this. One thing is people don't become emotionally healthy just because they've graduated. And in fact, what you're doing is helping your mother to heal. And there's a tremendous amount of, of, of availability of people mm -hmm. to help people to heal emotionally. But this is extraordinary. I've never heard this story before, and, and it's it's wonderful. One of the questions that I think people would like to have uh, to ask of you is, so how useful is this astral travel stuff? And you've just given us a wonderful example of how useful it can be. You're helping your mother to heal. And you're, you can go visit her in an, in an astral, you know, home or, or hospital where she's being helped to get better. That's an amazing story, Cyrus. Yeah. Um, so the question is, how useful is it? Well, I think that it's probably the most useful when it comes to being a method of spirit communication that people don't always use because we always think about mediums and of course you know we have the physical mediumship which is awesome when you know when somebody from that side um, uses a medium's body to materialize into the room you know people like David yes, Thompson of course and then of course we have like the cell phone stuff that you guys are talking about uh, you Craig Hogan yes. like Schwartz and you know so we yes. have some advancements but I think we can't um, neglect being able to go there ourselves because I think, you know, when they come to visit us for them, it's kind of like they're astral projecting because they're 
they're projecting their consciousness outside of where they are to come down to this dimension, right? Uh-huh. But the yes. thing is, is that you know we have the same. So when when we astral project, what we're doing is we're doing this the opposite. Like we're projecting ourselves to them, and of course it's easier because in this case we appear there fully, and you know like we we are a duplicate of our bodies here, so it's much um, more. I think more engaging for us to go there because we can, you know, physically be there. Whereas all, you know, whereas they require like mediums and sometimes all they can do is like move a book off a, off a shelf or something. Right. They, they do parlor tricks is about all they can do. Yeah. So if, if you were going to teach someone how to do this, someone is listening is that they really want to try. Obviously it takes some effort to learn, but what would be the first steps they would take? Well, you need to get better at lucid dreaming because lucid dreaming is not look, lucid dreaming is not astral projection because like I like this analogy. I mean if if you're astral projecting then you shouldn't be seeing Daffy Duck running around. I mean you can tell when there are elements of your imagination or your subconscious dreamscape, your dream field that Cyrus tell people what lucid dreaming is. Well, lucid dreaming is when you're in a dream and then you take full conscious awareness of it. So oftentimes people use that to have fun so they can create whatever they want. Of course. You know, you know <laughs> so they're so they, like, oh, I'm, I'm, oh I have, they're, they're basically what it is, is it's a, it's a, a non-consensus subjective reality. And there's a whole, I mean, that's a whole subject we can go into. Right. And, and that exists on the other side as well. In fact, on the other side, I think some people get a little bit lost in those. Like people, people, people may withdraw into their non-consensus realities because it's something that they can. You know, it's almost like addicting. I mean, it's like a video game. You go in there, you want to create a uh, F-16 fighter, or you want to create this celebrity you had a crush on. You can, you can create all these things, but it's all attached to your mind. So if yes. you, know, so you, so you can't. Let, so if you, you know, so if you're talking to somebody in a lucid dream. I mean, it may seem convincing until you probe a little bit deeper and you come to find you're talking to yourself and you come to find that, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever they say, right. yeah, whatever, whatever they say is, is kind of like it's already in your own head and you can become aware of that. So that's lucid dreaming. Astral projection is when you're on a higher density that's shared by other inhabitants, which is also what this world is as well. So, yes. so in a, astral environment suddenly you're around real people and if you do begin having like dream hallucinations it's kind of like let's say we're in this world and we take some dmt or acid you know like to us we're going to start seeing hallucinations and uh, like bugs bunny running around or you know who knows what but to other people it'll just look like we're spaced out or we're talking to ourselves and uh, that's something you can you may encounter in these astral worlds as well as you may encounter people who are from this side dreaming because it's kind of like they're sleepwalking or they're talking to themselves or they're you know, they're, they're spaced out and so I think that's something that people in on the other side often recognize it's like oh that, that guy's dreaming look he's talking to himself and he's walking around and he's in his own little world so as we can as we can see when you're asleep, you may be partially in the astral dimension, you may be partially in your own subjective reality. So if you're astral projecting, what's happening is you're snapping out of that, that dreamscape and you're becoming lucidly aware of the real place that you may also be inhabiting. It seems like you never actually sleep. You're busy all the time. When your body's sleeping, you're off doing other stuff. Yeah, it's like that for a lot of us. And, you know, the thing is, is that astral projection is a bit um, misunderstood, even by some of the greats. Like, I don't mean to sound snobby, but I think, you know, of course, the greats like Monroe and Bullman and these guys. But I, I think that there's a misunderstanding because, you see, we already have, many of us have parallel lives on that side. And it may be happening right now. So, like, we, I may literally be like hanging out somewhere on the astral side simultaneously to being here talking to you. And it's very difficult to comprehend, but that's how the multidimensional physics operates. So Wow. So <laughs> But when we come back we're gonna talk a little more about that and then we're gonna find out where you can meet Cyrus and I will we'll talk more we'll we'll sort of finish up talking about astral projection too. Meanwhile this is Roberta Grimes on Seek Reality with Cyrus and we're gonna be right back.
Are you curious? Do you want to learn more about how the world works and have fun at the same time? Study coincidences with me, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on my Connecting with Coincidence radio show here on the XZBN network. Listen to Jungians theorize, statisticians randomize, true believers evangelize, while I categorize. I dance to the rhythm of coincidences. People who experience me see more of them. Maybe something on the show matches a thought in your mind. Let us know. Expand your mind to the weirdness happening around you. Synchronicity spoken here, there, and everywhere. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence in your search engine and find my website, my social media sites, and my blog. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, Soul Balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A Soul Balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net.
Roberta Grimes coming back to you with Cyrus Kirkpatrick, 30-year-old prodigy. And he's a lot of fun to talk to. Every time I talk with Cyrus, I'm amazed by something new. And one of the things he thought you might like to know more about is what it's actually like when he's traveling. What kinds of worlds is he is he in? I think one thing you need to understand is, of course, there's no space there. And everything is happening right in the same place. So all these many worlds that he visited, visits are it's sort of all like different channels on your TV set, right, Cyrus? That's true. And so what I was saying is, you know, we in the afterlife field, we hear all types of reports. And sometimes it causes a bit of arguing because people say, well, no, the afterlife is like this. And other people say, no, it's like that. <laughs> but, right. You know, in reality, it's all of the above is correct. So if you ever want to uh, sniff out somebody who's giving you bad info. It's going to be anybody who says X, Y, Z is not possible because that's almost always going to be uh, BS. Um, really, what the way it works is that there's a very physical dimension that a lot of us go to, a lot of us want to go to. It's it's um, similar in surprising ways to this world. I call it like the second Earth because it's a mirror image of our planet. So there's a there's an astral version of Los Angeles, an astral version of uh, India, an astral version wow. of, of Tokyo, and it's where all human civilization migrates to after we pass on. And then of course there are higher like spheres depending on your level of consciousness. So there are in fact you know these celestial non-physical kinds of places that we may hear about in NDEs. So one place is not better than the other place. You see, you know we all desire different challenges as souls and so the place that's very close to the earth plane also requires physical bodies to be able to operate kind of like you know we have now except it's one degree higher one degree less physical you don't have to breathe you know your bodily functions are a bit different you don't you say i don't think you have like a respiratory system but you have other other functional abilities but it's very similar to where, like, if you appeared there, you may not even realize it. Like, my mom didn't realize that she had passed on. It's, you know, it's just like our world. But then there's levels above that if one chooses to, you know, go up or go back down. But it doesn't mean that a higher level is better. It just means that, you know, we have experiences we want to do there. And then we may, from that point, decide to come back down to a astral place or an earth place where it's physical again. So that's a that's in a nutshell a very complex topic. I don't know we only have a few minutes left, so let me just quickly talk about some of the places I've been to. Lately, when I project, I found myself in a lot of hotels, and the way I configure it is that right now I'm doing a lot of travel on the astral side, like I do on this side. And I think the last cool experience I had, like a few weeks ago, I woke up to this beautiful Japanese-style hotel. So it's kind of like a, a ryokan, like one of those Japanese traditional hotels, but it was much more lavish. And I was in the desert. The desert was phenomenal. And you know, when I'm there, I get hit by some of the memories of my life on the astral side. And so I recognized that I was in Utah. So I wasn't in this Utah. I was in the astral side of Utah. Wow. And so, I, so, you know, I became conscious and I went downstairs and I went into, um, there, there was like a lake surrounding the hotel and there were people bathing. And so I actually, I went into this um, kind of pond and, you know, again, very, very lavish. And there were these guys in the pond, so I wanted to talk to them. And there was actually some people, they were on a business retreat for their company. Like, the, and they were French. And so they, they were like French, like software engineers. And it always catches me off guard when I find things that are so similar to this world. So are you and, saying these are dead people who were software engineers and they were taking a, a dead sabbatical to this other place? Sure. But of course, to them, you know, sure. they're not dead they just you know they're you know they probably have you know like this guy i was i was talking to we ended up having a conversation and he was talking about some kind of crazy stuff that caught me off guard because i asked him how he arrived at the hotel and he says he took an airplane and i told him well look i mean look i'm projecting from earth right now so i know you should be able to just teleport any place you want to go to so so why would you take an airplane and so he said i have an answer and so he picked up his cell phone and he looked at something up like it was on the web and he said well you know the thing is is that um in the old days we were able to to just do that, but it, because of the population of the Earth increasing, it has a direct effect on how the, the rules and physics on this plane operate. And right now, we're not able to teleport at will like we used to do in the past. 
And I had really, I was kind of speechless. I yeah, couldn't tell. I maybe, too. maybe he was pranking <laughs> me. I have no idea. But that's just my, don't take it to heart. It may be yeah. completely off base. I have no idea, but that's just what he told me. It's like, these are the types of experiences I have. And so that was one of them. And, you know, I've had many that's others. Great. That's, that's oh one my. example. Wow. Well, actually, what we're finding is things do develop there um, in some ways that mimic Earth and in some ways that are different. I've talked about that. I'm going to soon do another um, uh, program just about what it's like to die. And I've got some new things to tell people during that time that I've just learned. It's a, This is exciting because everything is alive. Everything is moving. Everything is changing. So, Cyrus, what's next for you? Are you going to write another book? A couple things real quick. Um so right now I'm working with a, a lovely author in Australia named Karen Swain. We're working on a book called The Awakened Soul Series. It's a book, which is a, the first book is about death. And so that'll be coming out later this year. And it's a compilation of um, like NDEs and death experiences as well as uh, my own chapter in the book. I have another book I'm working on slowly called Understanding Spirit Communication. So uh, please, you know, follow me like on the, my, my Facebook group, Afterlife Topics. Or um, go to afterlifetopics.com to reach me or find my first book. And in time, the next book will come out. And, of course, um, this September, I will be doing a presentation at the Afterlife Symposium along with yourself and, you know, many other people. So if you happen to be going there, you'll be able to catch up with me there as well. That's one of the beauties of this symposium because all the presenters are, are really part of the whole group of people there. So we get to do a lot of sitting around and talking with people like Cyrus that you never could do anywhere else. That's September 15 to 17, 2017 in Scottsdale. And if you're interested, just go to afterlifestudies.org and learn more. Um, and Cyrus... I have to talk to you again soon because you knew, you know so much and you keep doing things because you're so adventurous. That's one of the beauties of being young, I think. You, you, you'll do these things just quickly. Do you think there's danger in doing this kind of astral projection? Do you feel ever unsafe? Thing is, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. And I'm, I will say straight up, if you're not in a positive state of mind, the afterlife, the astral world, it's not entirely daisies and flowers and sunshine. There's darker realms and the, vib the vibratory principles are that we attract what the energy we put out. That includes where we appear during astral states, which, which particular realm. And so people have had negative experiences if they're in a bad state of mind or if, they're, if they have some internal emotions or that if they haven't worked out. So I would say don't do it until you've figured out all your little problems. Only if something's big. If you have like a big issue or like anger, you're in a state of grief or unhappiness, don't do it. But as soon as you just feel okay, you feel comfortable, that's perfectly safe. And if you ever do find yourself in a negative situation, know that you have full control. And the only thing a, a boogeyman can do is make yourself, make you think that they have control. But once you realize that the control is really in your hands, then they can't do anything. Perfect. That's a perfect summary. Thank you so much for saying that, Cyrus. Sure. And thank you for being with us today. As I say, we're going to have to do this again. And I look forward so much to seeing you at the symposium. Yep. So please please consider yourself hugged and have a lovely evening. Thank you, Roberta. I'm so happy. And yes, I will also be seeing you at the symposium. Everyone, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, as you know, and I just have a few words to say in, in summing up. Um, the first thing I want you to know is there is a good series that you might, if you're interested in the whole notion of what we talked about with Cyrus, do read Robert Monroe's trilogy, Journeys Out of the Body, Far Journeys, and Ultimate Journey. It is just beautiful. Um, what he, what this man was able to do. And he, like Cyrus, is just a ruthlessly honest and fearless explorer. So if this is something that piques your attention, do that. Never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you fully grasp the implications of that, it's going to change everything in your life for the better. Our guest next week will be Suzine, Suzanne Giesman. She's one of America's foremost mental mediums, and she's been working of late with my favorite medium, Suzanne Wilson. Suzanne spells her name with an S. The other Suzanne, Suzanne Giesman, spells her name with a Z, and together they make a dynamite duo. She's been 
certified to be accurate by people like Dr. Gary Schwartz and Dr. Wayne Dyer. And she is a beautiful human being, genuinely gifted and genuinely kind. You're going to enjoy her. Please join us next week. Today we've been talking with Cyrus Kirkpatrick, who I'm perfectly frank, fascinates me. He's so young and he's so brilliant. If you're interested and you're young, please reach out to me, reach out to other people in this field, because this is going to be a burgeoning field when you are in at the prime of your life. And it would be wonderful for you if you were part of this glorious, glorious thing. My nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, and you can find them anywhere. You can find them also as audiobooks, and there's an app if you, if, for, for, this, for Seek Reality, so you can find that as well and um, find us on a number of radio stations. We keep adding more, which is kind of fun for me. Um, I'm very grateful that you you listen every week. I, I'm happy to hear from you at robertagrimes.com. If you have any questions, I'm answering questions every day, and it's the best part of my day. So please do reach out if you'd like to. And as always, I want you to know that you are an eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And you are infinitely loved.